Is it a gun that sucks balls? I'm the farting demon in this relationship. <laughs> I'd be an awesome rich person. You're both just an embarrassment. God, I'm awesome today. We're talking Tom Hanks and his vehicle. Yeah, I had my finger in my mouth waiting for you to finish. You gotta get four balls or something? Like dick piercing? <laughs> no, you know damn well I'm fucking that demon. It's still sexy. How could I be close and not be right? Yeah, I'll just kill some random dude. Wishes hey, everyone, and welcome to Plotty Time, the podcast where we three gamers discuss video game stories in detail with all the necessary and appropriate backlash. On one side of the table, we have Chump Slap. If your brain was a drug, I'd snort the shit out of it. <laughs> and on the other side of the table is Dr. Scientist. No, you can't have any fucking jelly beans. <laughs> my name is Papa Scotch, and as I always say, you know me. I'm driving my classic cars all the time. It's it's just me in the open road. <laughs> I go for days all alone, Just, but I do. I have a wife. He knows. You know I have a wife. Tell her about my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Plotty Time. Last week for the correction crevice, we were perfect. We got nothing to report. Nothing Booyah. At all. Try to point something out. We fucked up. Yeah, I dare you. Go <laughs> ahead. Get in that episode and tell us what we did wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and since this is a very special episode, we're leaving that in. Right. in. Sounds the good. neighbor knocking on the wall, trying to get in on this. I swear to God, they're hanging shit every other day. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think they do something wrong we did in the last episode, and they're trying to tell us desperately. Oh, that could be it. For the crevice. But uh, yeah, this week we're doing something a little bit different. We got another very special episode for all you lovely people out there. This week, we are covering MS-DOS games. What? Or just DOS games. Microsoft DOS isn't the only DOS, is it? Or is there a previous DOS? You know, it doesn't even matter. Early PC games. There's a GLaDOS from Portal. Shut up. It's a disc operating Ugh. system. Well, since you pulled that shit, you're going to go first. <laughs> and you're going to lead us off with our first game, Sir Chomp Slap. What do you got for us? Oh, I got the king of all alliteration. Leisure Suit Larry in the Land of the Lounge Lizards. <laughs> Ooh, this sounds like it's going to be great. Oh, it's not. <laughs> oh, really? It sounds so pleasing. Did you guys ever play I know we briefly talked about I the, played this version of it did you yeah long time ago you played the text based graphic adventure game <laughs> maybe it was the next it was one. remade as a point and click eventually. yeah I played the point and click but we're talking about the original text based 1987 wow for DOS and Apple 2 <laughs> this has got to be the earliest game we did yeah probably probably but did you know an average home in 1987 cost $104,000? You did this bit? Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> As opposed to today, which is $269,000. That's a heck of an increase. Tell me, that was a long time ago. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good point. Number one movie, RoboCop. Of course. Oh, that's fucking awesome. That's when it was for number one movie for like four or five years. Yeah, right. Number one song. I want to dance with somebody. Ooh, that's a good Damn, banger. That's some good ones on that. Wow. I know, right? Whitney Houston. Can't top that. But anyway, let's get into this fucking game. Awesome. The game released in 87, like I said. The plot and structure were taken directly from a 1981 Apple II text-based adventure called Soft, Soft Porn Adventure. <laughs> <laughs> there was no Larry in it, but... It's the same fucking game. You play as one Larry Laffer, 
a 40-year-old incel who lives in his mom's basement. <laughs> That's in the original description, right? Yeah. Well, it doesn't say incel. The OG yeah. incel. But he's tired of it, and he just wants to lose his V-card. So he decides he's going to don a 1970s leisure suit and take his $94 and go to the city of Lost Wages. Oh, oh. Sweet. of course it's in Las Vegas. <laughs> what a... Oh, man. This might be the first time... Is this the first time they called it Lost Wages, or... Probably not. I don't know. Yeah, probably. Oh, wait, they prob- actually call it Lost Wages in the game? Yeah. It's culturally <laughs> a aware video game. Not for the rest of it, but just for the Yeah. Game. So you go... You get dropped off here at a club, and you just, I don't know where, I don't want to tell you exactly step by step, but I have the first couple written down. Oh, okay. You buy a whiskey at the bar, you give it to a drunk that you find, and he gives you, uh, I don't know what he gives you. I don't know what that says. (laughs) Good radio. Just make it up. He gives you something. And you go into the bathroom, you find out a password to a brothel area because it's written on the fucking wall of the bathroom. And you're like, okay, that sounds great. And you just, you go around, you find shit, you have an inventory. I don't think you can even look at your inventory. You have to remember what you had. Probably. And then type it out, like give apple, give rose, give fucking candy, talk to pimp. Shit like that. As you're playing through it, you first have sex with a seedy-looking sex worker. It's the best way to do it. Nameless. Doesn't say anything. And then it's like, oh, you did it. You No, you just didn't feel anything from that. You really need to find someone you love. It's not a very good sex worker. Well, he, he didn't feel the connection deep inside. Like I said. <laughs> oh, and to do that, you have to take the money go to a casino i think you can only play black blackjack and that's how you get money to oh you gotta win in blackjack yeah it's a terrible way to get i know money. it's so bad <laughs> i guess that's one way you can just lose but if you lose all your money i didn't watch the ways to die it probably would have been a better video well, i know you if you when you have sex with the sex worker if you don't use a condom i think you get a vd yes because there is a condom you have to put on and yeah. it's like yeah it tells you it's like oh congratulations you used the condom at least it was being more socially aware yeah, it was all right. So after that, you end up going to this club. You meet a, a woman named Fawn, and you have to give her all the shit that you found, like the rose, the candy, a ring, a necklace, or whatever. And then she's like, oh, let's dance, blah, blah, blah. I want to dance with somebody. Exactly, where the song comes in. It comes, rolls around full circle. With somebody Perfect. who loves me. A lot of people don't realize this game was released in tandem with that single. (laughs) It's just we only remember the single, not the game. It's so true. I read that somewhere. But you you end up marrying her or something at a fucking CD Elvis marriage place, going back to a honeymoon suite, and she dips out on you. Doesn't work. So then you try Faith some receptionist who has a boyfriend, she just turns you down. And you eventually meet Eve. Ooh. Your final okay. goal. And if you do everything right, you talk to her, 
Because I don't think you can respond or anything. You just say talk. Talk Eve. Talk to Eve. Talk to Eve. And if you talk enough, you get in a hot tub. And she brings it back to the bed. And boom. Fucking fireworks go off. You win. You're not a virgin. Well, you weren't after you had sex with the sex worker either. But. Yeah, but now you're in love. Okay. Maybe that's what it says. It's like, you did it, Larry. You're not a piece of garbage, regardless of what your mom says. Well, <laughs> still a piece of garbage. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Total piece of garbage. But I don't know. That's pretty much the whole game. That's what you do. You just go find stuff. You try to get laid. And regular text-based adventure shit. What if you do and lose if you don't? Yeah. And there's ways to die. I don't, like I said, I didn't look into that, but. Yeah, that's that, and it's spawned many, many sequels. Too many, some would say. A lot of people would. <laughs> Including that one for PS4 we were talking about. Do you remember that? When we talked about yeah. buying you that game oh, yeah. for PS4? We Wet dreams dry twice. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what it's called? Yeah. Oh, Christ. I looked into it. It was on sale. I almost bought it for $10, but... I don't know if it's worth Dad, it. I would have bought that for you for 10 bucks. Why can't I gift you games? I know, right? What the fuck are they doing over there, Sony? Get your shit together. I would definitely have given you 10 more dollars. You could have got him a PlayStation card and gave it to him. but Yeah, but there's no guarantee I'd buy it. Yeah. <laughs> Even if he said, I will definitely buy Leisure Suit Larry, I wouldn't trust him to buy Leisure Suit Larry. No. I would. It's something you'd have to come to my house, download, and install yourself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So you walk in from a long day of work, you open your door, your TV's on, and it's just the title screen, The Leisure Suit Larry, Yeah, Wet Dreams Die Twice. And I'd be like, all right, well, I have to now. God, what a... It only makes sense. What a great bit. Your your neighbor will probably kill me with their leaf blower before I get into your house. <laughs> Who knows? Although his neighbor's probably banging on the wall building a bomb shelter or something. He's probably hanging up another Trump portrait or something. <laughs> well, he didn't get reinstated on September 1st. So. Well, I mean, that's Leisure Suit Larry. That's the first game we're going to talk about. So how mm. about we move on to the next MS-DOS classic? Dr. Scientist, what, what could that possibly be? Uh, it is the classic point-and-click adventure, Mist. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. So it's pretty much Leisure Suit Larry with a different skin. Pretty, pretty much. much. Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. Same mechanics. It was released for everything on September, well, just DOS on September 24th, 1993. And I'm sure everybody knows what the number one movie in the world was at that point. Terminator 2. Close. Oh, do I have a guess? I'm yeah, going to guess September 23rd, Jurassic Park. Yep. Yeah! Damn, good job. And second was In the Line of Fire, which I do not remember at all. That's a... Uh, Denzel Washington. A, no, uh, Clint Eastwood. Yeah, I thought it was Clint Eastwood, but... I get those two mixed up all the yeah. time. He's like a yeah, very, very easily mixed up. I get it. And the number one song was Dream Lover by Mariah Carey. Oh, oh that's yeah. How does that one go? Dream Lover somebody. He's closer than you think. <laughs> that's awesome. He wasn't far off. <laughs> it's probably Dream one of the lesser known Mariah Carey songs. Hmm. Fair enough. But anyway, this game is one of the classic point-and-click games. It's, you play as like a nameless protagonist, and you're just doing your daily bullshit, and you come across a book titled Mist. Hmm. And you open it up, and you get transported to the island of Mist. Oh, my God. It's like Jumanji. Yeah. 
Yeah, good analogy. Mm-hmm. Okay. And while you're exploring this, you come across a library, and there's two books in it, fiction and nonfiction. Two books. That's a Futurama reference. But, uh, <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. But uh, when you open the books, you find out that there's two people, brothers, stuck in the books. They were, it was traps, and they're stuck in there. Their names are Cirrus and Akinar. Hmm. And they are sons of Atris. And they're trapped in there, and they want your help. So what you got to do is walk around the island and go to various places and solve puzzles and find pages for the books. Mm. And you know, puzzle, puzzle, puzzle. And you eventually get four pages for each book from four separate places. Mm-hmm. And you put them together. And then you can hear more of their story. And they tell you that they're, they each blame each other for the death of their father. And they're asking for help to escape. And they, once you get the four pages, they say, uh, yeah, there's a fifth page when you need to set one of us free, but don't touch the green book by the pages. Cause that's a trap. Oh, that sounds like a trick. Yeah. Sounds like they're almost lying to you. Hmm. Maybe. Maybe. Never well, played what, it. what happens? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. You go to the place where they tell you these pages are. Okay. This is where one of the endings can be done. You can get the page, go back and save one of the brothers. But if you do that. They switch places with you and you're stuck in a book and the brother lives. Oh, I knew they were sneaky little fucks. <laughs> the sneaky little fucks. <laughs> the second one, now then, so you can do that, but or you could go and inspect the green book. You can't do that. They told you not yeah, to. Yeah, they told you not to. But you could do it. Mm. And you find out that's where Atris is trapped. The it's father oh. of the two sons. Turns out they trapped him there. Yeah. Well, if you don't find the extra page and do the thing with the book, because you can come back to the book. If you don't have the extra page, you get trapped in the book with him. Oh, what a bummer. Or you can go find the green page, which is behind some puzzles and stuff on the Island of Mist. And you can help him escape. And then he's like, all right, you saved me. And then he's like, thank you. And then he kind of just leaves. And then you go back to the books where Atris or Sirius and Akinar were kept, mm-hmm. and they were just burned to the ground. What? The books got burned? Yeah. You he, think the dad did it? Yeah, because the, the brothers actually trapped him in the book, and then he trapped them. Oh, that's why they blamed each other, because they both did it. Yeah. Whoa. But the good ending, I guess, is saving Atris and him killing the other two guys, or burning the books at least. Killed his kids like that, huh? Yeah. But Interesting. You just go around and do the puzzles. It's... I didn't it's feel just like a puzzler. Yeah, it's just a puzzler. Cla- you know, point and click puzzles like use the egg to get the rope to. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's it. All three endings wrapped up in a nice little bow. Hmm. Two yeah. very bad, one good. Yeah, I've never played it, but neither have I. People seem to love it. It classic. is a classic for a reason, I guess. Yeah. I know we had it, and I remember my older sister playing it, but I never got into it because I thought it was so boring. I might have started it and thought the same thing and never finished it. But it was like I'd never played a point and click before that, so I didn't understand, you know, what I was doing or how to play it or anything. Like that. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. if you don't have game facts or some write up on how to get through some puzzles, it, it takes forever to figure. Yeah, it out. I was thinking that when yeah. I was watching Leisure Suit Larry too. I was like, how the fuck did people even figure some of this shit out? <laughs> they had to have like a little notebook there with everything that they had. Yeah. And, ugh. <laughs> Imagine that life. <laughs> yeah, right. 
It's like, I don't mean to brag, but I wrote the game facts for Leisure Suit Larry, the first one. Yep. That was me. Did he do those cool ASCII pictures? I was going to say, I remember when he downloaded the fucking doc and it was just, (laughs) oh, man. Or like you would click on game facts, you'd hit the website, you'd hit the URL, and it was just opening the text file. It wasn't even a web page. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Man, the internet. Yeah. It's come a long way. But that's it. That's the whole game. To destroying the world. Yeah, Yeah. we're fucked already. Anyway, number three, third game we're going to talk about. Oh, yeah, it's my turn. (laughs) And I am going to talk about the OG original Command and Conquer. Ooh, this is like Battleship, right? It is one of the earliest RTS games out there. Real-time strategy. Not the earliest, but it's up there. It's one of the uh, purveyors of the genre. It was released September 26th. 1995 on MS-DOS, developed by Westwood Studios and published by Virgin Interactive. Number one song in the country. You guys have a guess? Or should I just go with it? Of 95? Yep. Uh, Soundgarden. It was on the charts for a while. No idea. I don't know. Gangsta's Paradise by Coolio. Coolio. My God, I remember that cassette. (laughs) <laughs> also released in tandem with this movie <laughs> it was uh, number one movie in the country Apollo 13 ew it was that, that old damn remember when those were eh, whatever it was a Tom Hanks right yeah it was a T. Hanks movie I and believe Kevin it was Bacon a recommendation vehicle. at one point it yeah. was yeah so why are you pretending to hate it <laughs> I was conflating it with Armageddon in my head oh okay oh, yeah there's gotcha. no Ben Affleck in this one <laughs> Yep, and then uh, this is this is a game that is set in an alt. There's like some build up to it. There's two completely separate campaigns with their own separate stories. It completely fucked the idea of canon, but also didn't. It's very confusing. Sounds it. <laughs> I'm gonna sum it up as fast as I can. Okay. It's an alternate history where a meteor hit the River Tiber in Italy in 1995, but they also mention briefly in the wiki this this is a, this applies to later games. Not so much this one, but there was an alternate history about World War II. Mm. So sometime, I'm guessing in the 30s or 20s, this game started its alternate history. Okay. Kind of like Fallout. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It Like, it was the exact same up until that point, and then, you know, split it off. All right, that's fair. I like when games do that. It's like, it makes it easy. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's too, it's like uh, Resistance. Yeah, exactly. Like, what if, you know? That's fun. But uh, the meteorite that hit had an alien substance in it that was named that they named Tiberium because of where it landed. Uh, it absorbs crystallized precious metals from the surrounding soil. But the problem, which is awesome, but it terraforms its surroundings to be extremely toxic and radioactive, and it's fatal to all humans and animals. When this happened, there was an ancient cultic society called the Brotherhood of Nod. <laughs> they believed this substance. Had Yes, that's canon. You'll see that in a lot of the other games. But they believe that Tiberium has the potential uh, for their self-proclaimed messiah by a guy by the name of Cain. So they, real early, as soon as this stuff hits, they invest heavily in the technology to harvest and refine it. And they were like way ahead of like government-approved scientists because they put so much time and effort immediately into it. They use the resources, the money they made to recruit heavily and get a bunch of followers. Hmm. So that's one part, the Brotherhood of Nod. Uh, by the time we actually start the game, 
Tiberium has spread across the entire planet. Nod has control over half of its growth and manufacturing. So they, st- and I don't know where this suddenly happened. Suddenly, that's what I heard. Suddenly, <laughs> smuddly lappened. <laughs> but they start conducting terrorist campaigns against wealthy countries. Oh, makes and then sense. establish Nod footholds in the poorer countries. All right. Okay. So in order to fight them, the Global Defense Initiative was born. It was originally a UN uh a UN force, but they are now entirely just the entire globe, everyone from the UN jumped in and is now an anti-terrorist organization to fight the Brotherhood of Nod. Makes sense. Kind of like what happened after 9/11. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> And the, col- the the conflict culminates in a worldwide war between the GDI and the Nod. Uh, the Nod campaign takes place in Africa. The GDI campaign takes place in Europe. So basically, you're going through, and just to summarize these campaigns real fast, because there's not much as way in way of story. There's like a little bit, little nuggets of it. Yeah. Uh, for example, in the Nod campaign, Kane gives orders to secure Africa. His second-in-command, a guy by the name of the most second-in-command name you could ever hear, Seth. (laughs) Seth and in command. Well, that's... Oh, come on. I didn't even think of that. Damn. That's just the the third of Adam and Eve's children, so I did just pick that name. Obviously. Yeah. Fucking Bible. Abel's dead, so Cain and Seth makes sense. (laughs) Really? I didn't realize that was a biblical name. Me neither. I think he just made that up. I can't tell. I think so, too. He was very confident. Let's go with it. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, Seth assigns you to assist. Uh, The operations in North Africa were successful, and their whole big thing is doing things unconventionally and maybe not exactly morally. So, they hit a bunch of GDI targets, they eliminate a bunch of people. They also get a set of cold codes for nuclear missiles. Mm. Mm. And then this is where the story is. The very brief story takes a huge turn where Seth attempts to recruit people to attack the U.S. military, but then Kane murders him for initiating a rogue operation. So since Kane didn't say we're doing that, you have to Mm. die if you try to attack anyone that Kane doesn't want to attack, I guess. Makes sense. I mean, teach his own. I guess. But you counter the GDI's efforts to reestablish in Northern Africa. And then you establish the Temple of Nod in South Africa. The big final thing is you secure the control of the GDI's ion cannon. Kane says there's a victory, and he plans to do the exact same thing in Europe. Mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. And then as a fun little ending segment, you get to choose one of four targets to destroy. Nice. You can destroy the White House. Yeah. The British House of Parliament, the Eiffel Tower, or the Brandenburg Gate. Which one are you blowing up, scientists? British House of Parliament. That's what I thought, too. Yeah. We've got to be patriots on this. I mean, the Eiffel Tower is cool architecture. So is the Brandenburg Gate. Yeah, they both also have no political or yeah. social significance. And the White House just... is just one dude. There's a lot of people that work there. Yeah, but that'd be innocent people killed. There's a lot of people who work at the British House of Parliament, too. But Yeah. I mean, we've got to split hairs here. <laughs> But, I mean, at, right now in the political climate, they're the most annoying ones. Are they? Well, well <laughs> of the choices. Yeah. Of the choices. If we would have done this a year ago. Oh, no, forget about it. White House is blowing up. Anyway, the whole point was to demoralize the GDI. That is the Nod campaign. 
So oh. you can play through either campaign. You can play it till the end. Now, the this is where the idea of canon comes in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because one team has to be the right way. <laughs> right. and But the, the idea is that the GDI campaign takes place in Europe. So the Nod campaign fought through Africa. Then they decide to go to Europe. Now you're taking over as a GDI in Europe. Oh, uh, okay. But uh, the GDI is led by the command of General Mark Jameson Shepard. They establish territory in Poland and Belarus. And Kane uses all kinds of media manipulation propaganda to convince the world that GDI deliberately attacked and massacred the citizens of the Polish city of Bialystok. I yeah. think I nailed that. Sure. Sounded right to me. And then Shepard says, no, the GDI didn't do that. And the UN's still like, well, we're cutting funding anyway. So it forces the GDI to basically mount a defensive operation against the Nod attacks. They protect, they need to protect their bases and their leading Tiberium scientist, Dr. Ignacio Mobius. Nod uh, gets destroyed because, you know, you're playing the campaign as a GDI and you're winning. Uh, Shepard and the UN lure him into a trap. They get a bunch of new funding. And then eventually, whatever, blah, 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 blah. The GDI locates Kane's main base of operations at a complex called the Temple of Nod, located in Sarajevo, Bosnia. It's a I've weird place to put it. It's a real place. I didn't say it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I just said it was weird. It's an interesting choice, for sure. Uh, especially since I believe that's on water, isn't it? What, Sarajevo? Bosnia, I believe it is. Well, sure. either way, you launch the final assault, you succeed, the complex is destroyed along uh, by the GDI super weapon, the ion cannon, and that's it for the conflict. But the they give you a little stinger at the end. They're like, does this mean the Nod are completely dead? <gasps> Who knows? And then that's the end of the game. Not I. God damn it. You're funny <laughs> as hell today. <laughs> You're hitting a lot of these. Well, the more beers I got, the stupider I am. Yep, and the, th- the people lie. out there love it. <laughs> people love it. But that's it. That is Command and Conquer. Let's just move this right along. How about it, guys? I guess. I believe the next game we have is, I don't know, this. it's like a small indie game I don't think anyone's ever heard yeah. of. Do you know what it is, Sir Trumpslet? Yeah, it's my second game. First game I ever played on a computer, I believe. But it's a little, little thing that came out in... December 10th, 1993. Called Doom. Never heard of it. Oh. Might have heard of it. It was released in tandem with I'd Do Anything for Love with Meatloaf. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that is a good one. And number one movie of the year, Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh, shit. Well, not of the year, of that week. I don't know (laughs) if you can make that movie anymore. No, definitely not. Mrs. Doubtfire? Because Robin Williams is dead. Oh! Ah, come on, get out of here. I wasn't going to go that way, but... I liked it. (laughs) (laughs) The number one selling passenger car that year, the Ford Taurus. (laughs) Unsurprising. (laughs) When did you say that release date was? December 10th, 1993. Gotcha. Are you checking me? No, I have one that's very close. That must have just knocked Jurassic Park off. It was, yeah, I think I might have seen it when I looked at, I don't know. But anyway, this was Doom. If you don't know what Doom is, I don't know why you're even listening to us. Because it was a very influential game. 
plenty of Doom clones came out. Remember we talked about Chex's Quest? That was a Doom clone. <laughs> yes, of course, of course. Everyone remembers. <laughs> yeah, it was a great, great game. But this game was three episodes. I'm not sure if you had to buy the episodes separately. See, I don't remember it as much. I know I played a shitload of Doom 2, but I don't think I played 1 all that much. And I think by the time I got to it, it was after Doom 2 and all the episodes were like the same pack. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? I think I only ever played the first episode, Knee Deep in Dead. Knee Deep in Dead. Second episode. Just use the cheat codes. Second episode, The Shores of Hell. And third episode, Inferno. There was a fourth episode when they re-released it called Thy Flesh Consumed in 1995. Edgy. Damn. Tell me about it. But anyway, there was there's not much in line of story except for what was given in the instruction manual. You guys remember these things? Yeah. Vaguely? Instruction manuals used to have fucking stories in them and oh, it's good stuff. But... Mr. Doom Guy is posted on Mars after he assaulted a superior officer who ordered them to fire on civilians. So he's the good guy, but he's being punished by being posted on Mars. And he works for the Union Aerospace Corporation, which is security of radioactive waste that is used for experiments with teleportation. Of course. No shit. There's two teleporters on the moons of Mars, one on Phobos and one on Deimos. And one day, Phobos disappears. And like everyone's like, what the fuck happened? They send a whole bunch of units, Doom guys left behind to guard, apparently by himself. Every, and he's just listening to the radio. And all communication just stops. Everyone apparently is dead. So he's like, you know what? I'm going to fucking investigate i'm gonna pay back these mars pricks with my fucking doom guy badassness all right all right (laughs) what does that even mean i like it (laughs) so episode one starts and you're going to the moon deimos or phobos Uh, whichever one didn't disappear phobos disappeared okay yeah so you start with a pistol and you're just Making your way through like power plants, moon bases, military bases, all the shit. I think there's like eight levels. And you're fighting demons, possessed marines, fucking pinkies, these imps that look like mean gingerbread men with spikes on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, some flaming skulls, caco demons, large floating cyclops, you know, all that jazz. And you're making your way through. You have to find. Different color key cards. You get ammo. You get a bunch of guns. You get shotgun, Gatling gun, rocket. You get an energy weapon. And then you eventually get the BFG 9000, which everybody knows is pretty badass. That's a classic. Yeah. What does that stand for? I don't even remember, though. Uh, Big it, fucking gun. I know, I was trying to come up with I know, I, I wanted to save you from trying to think of something. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it is a big fucking gun, 9,000. <laughs> I wonder what the first 8,000 were like. Probably not that big. Nah, it couldn't be. <laughs> They're a lot smaller, actually. Yes. Yeah. Little known fact. 
So you make your way through, you're fighting a whole bunch of shit, and then you come to the first bosses, which is two barons of hell. They're like red satyr looking guys. And you just kill them. And you get a little text scroll that tells you what happens. It's like, oh, try the second story. So the second story, you're on the shores of hell. It's a nickel. after you go through the teleporter. It's pretty much the same shit, but it's a little more helly. You know what I mean? Sure, of course. Absolutely. That Instead of green clear. slime on the ground, you got red slime. There's like skull switches and shit. You have to find skull keys and shit like that. And there's teleporters. So you're having a good time. You're just killing the same shit. There's pentagrams on the wall. Don't forget that. And you get to the final boss in that. And it's the cyber demon. He's just like a tall dude who's got cybernetics. Just like a big fucking... Kind of like the first guy. First guys, the satyrs, but twice as big and shoots rockets at you. So you kill him, you get a whole nother scroll. Tells you more of the story. And it f- turns out this planet, Phobos, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah has been flattened it's like it's just like a disc and it's just floating above hell so you're like oh shit i'm gonna rappel down just like the earth flat floating above hell (laughs) (laughs) yeah i was going with the flat area but all right yeah so you rappel down and you're fighting through hell and this is episode three inferno beat a bunch of shit the walls are like made of flesh and blood there's like weird Warped faces everywhere and shit. Mm-hmm. So you fight through that. Same thing. Blah, blah, blah. Get guns. Get keys. Make your way through another eight levels. And you fight the spider demon. He's a big dude. He's like a brain on a mechanical spider legs. And he has chain guns and he's fucking. Oh, I remember that motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. He took, he was like a bullet sponge. He was crazy. That's all the Doom bosses were. All Doom enemies. Yeah. I know. (laughs) I remember not being able to beat that guy ever unless I had like infinite ammo in the BFG. Just typing God mode. Yeah, like IDGAFF or some shit like that. It'd get, yeah. Or clip, ID clip. Remember that one where you could just walk through all the walls? Yeah. Man, good times. I know, right? (laughs) So you beat the hell out of that guy eventually. (laughs) Ha! Oh, I didn't even mean that. But anyway, there's a secret door and you take it and you go back to Earth and you're like, oh, man, all the shit's on fire. And there's my. (laughs) All the shit's on fire. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, heck. And worst of all, my my rabbit's head is impaled on a spike. They don't tell you the name of the rabbit, but apparently... Later on, when they re-release it, that's Daisy, your pet rabbit, and he's impaled on Spike, so you're really pissed off. So this was John Wick before John Wick. Yeah, after you already beat Hell. I'm pretty sure it says, like, you're too badass for Hell, so you have to go back to Earth. If I had a nickel. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, it was awesome game. I remember playing it when I was a little boy, and it wowed the hell out of me. I remember playing a co- like a copy of the game someone made me, and I had to install it with five floppy disks. Yeah, that sounds about mm-hmm. right. I think the version I played was shareware, so you got like the first level, and then 
was it called shareware back in the day? Remember that? Yeah, you got the first freeware or whatever. Yeah. And then it's like, call this number and order it. Because you can only get the other episodes through mail order back in the day. Man, Remember video games that? were very different. Yeah. Six very to eight weeks to ship. <laughs> <laughs> That's after we get your thing in the mail, which is going to take a week and a half. Yeah. My God. Life was so hard back then. Yeah, now we're pissed if like I can't get something in Prime like later today. Yeah, I'm annoyed like, when they're like, bullshit. it'll be there tomorrow. And then I get an email that's like, sorry, it's going to be there the day yeah, after. Yeah. I'm like, you pieces of shit. Like, how hard was that? <laughs> but that's Doom. Everyone knows. Everyone loves it. Absolutely. It's a classic and one of the slappiest games that ever slapped. It is pretty I wouldn't slappy. say that. It slaps. It, it slaps, slaps, but it does, it's not the slappiest game that ever slapped. No. All right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for bringing us down. So how about you? You bring us back up with the next game in this crazy MS DOS roundup. Whoa, that sound? master of segways. I was gonna Scotch. say. You're welcome. <laughs> what game am I doing? I don't know. Oh, am I supposed to? Do I don't you know. know whatever. Oh. <laughs> you know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> My next game is another classic, fun to play, XCOM. I only played UFO Defense. It's at the original, right? The original one. I, I only played a little bit of this one. Played more of Terror from the Deep after it. but Yeah. Good games, though. Hard as shit. It was released in March 1994, and since I couldn't find an exact day that it was released for some reason. Right. I ran into that, too. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to talk about one movie that was released during that time. One of the greatest deus ex machinas of modern cinema, The Hudsucker Proxy. <laughs> That's a great movie. Good stuff. Yeah. You know, for kids. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a great... I, I got to watch that again. Yeah, I was just thinking that too. It's a great movie. Everybody should go watch The Hudsucker Proxy. And uh, just for something else that happened in March 1994, guess who was on the cover of Playboy? Shannon Doherty. You would never guess that. No, I wouldn't have. No, I would have said like Pamela Anderson or something. Yeah, that's exactly who I was thinking. Jenny McCarthy. Shannon Doherty. Before she got into doctoring and science. Yeah. Yeah, back when she was doing like singled out. <laughs> Remember that? <laughs> I, who was her co-host? Chris Hardwick. Chris Hardwick, yeah. Was it? Yeah. Oh, man. Back in his alcoholic-fueled days. Mm-hmm. When he was cool. Yeah. Yeah. Sadly become less cool. A lot less cool. <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly. No, I mean, we could say definitively he got less cool. Yeah. Yeah, all right. Allegedly, fine. there might have been crimes that made him less cool. Eh, whatever. We're not here to talk about Chris Hardwick. No, we're here to talk about XCOM UFO Defense. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, tell us all about it. <laughs> well, it starts out with like aliens start stopping by and visiting Earth a little bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, individually, nations try and figure out what's happening and stop them. But they all fail because that's the way we work. And aliens are technologically advanced. Yeah. So what the the countries of the world do is start a, a secret multinational organization called XCOM, which is short for extraterrestrial combat. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Very simple back in those days. Yeah. I mean, not exactly creative, but I'll take it. Yeah. I mean, it sticks with you. Yeah. And basically you come together and you start, you start with basically junk equipment and bad things and you start investigating aliens and landing on earth and, you slowly round up aliens and their technology and research better and better stuff and build more bases and blah, blah, blah. Oh, it's so fun. Yeah. First, you just take their bodies and then you catch some alive yeah. and shit. 
you can research more, get better items, better armor, better guns. Mm-hmm. And you learn more about what their plan is. Mm. And you find out that they're actually what you've been catching are slave races controlled by a race of aliens called the Ethereals. Oh, snap. And they just go around enslaving other races and taking over planets and stuff. Oh, they use mind rays on you and shit. Yeah. Oh, so good. <laughs> <laughs> this is a, a straight-up strategy game, turn-based strategy. Yeah. For... The only one I've ever played, really, I think. But uh, there's a couple things. Like, if you do a poor job, you start losing money and nations start backing out and start helping the aliens instead of you because you suck. And that's one way you can fail, which is always such a pain in the ass to be played on a hard difficulty. Because if you lose once or twice, they're like, fuck you, we're out. It's fair. Yeah. Hmm. Might as well back the winner. But if you keep doing well and getting money from these countries, you eventually figure out that the Ethereals have a base on Mars because all aliens have bases on Mars. Absolutely. And you plan to launch an assault on Mars, which is also kind of sucks because you can't keep an infinite amount of people and if a good person dies, they're dead for good. You can't. You have to train someone else up and do whatever. That's how. That's why you'd save before every move. Yep. <laughs> My turn again. Nobody died. Save. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And that's basically it. You go around. I never crash made it sites. I I never beat this one. You go to crash sites around the world and stuff, and then you eventually make it to Mars, and you can lose. If you lose there, the aliens take over Earth, or you can. Destroy the base, and I guess that's a win because. Yeah, if you take too long, they take over Earth too. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah, they don't they don't work at your pace. Yeah, so if you're slow about it, you kind of lose, or they start attacking your bases, and you have to start. Oh yeah! It. Oh man, it's bringing back nightmares. Yeah, this is when before <laughs> they made uh, difficulty levels on strategy yeah. games. <laughs> fucking a. <laughs> It's like you have so many hours into you have a fucking killer base. And it's like, oh my God, we're just getting attacked. Yeah. And constantly. Then, then a huge like five tier ship comes around. Yeah. Wow. Brings me I back. Don't, I don't think I've ever played this game. I remember hearing about it. I remember it existing. Yeah. It was it was fun. Yeah. Played a lot more than Doom. I enjoyed the second one, Terror from the Deep, more. Mm. Never played that one. If I remember correctly, wasn't there a version of XCOM where... I may I could be thinking completely of a, a completely separate game, but there was a version where, where they planned to make a version where part of it was the real time strategy, and then you would dump people on a planet to like fight for you, and they would be actual real other players in like a first person shooter scenario. Maybe that was a plan somewhere, but I don't know about yeah, it. Yeah, I don't know if they ever did it. Because that would have been so sweet. That would have been. I thought it would have been cool if you just went in like first person shooter instead of just. Move five steps, shoot. Yeah. And plus, they like, you can end your turn being ready to shoot. So you might yeah. walk around a corner and get shot like five times by aliens around the corner. Yep. That's when you reset. Oh, man. Nice. Or, yeah. Or they have like a 10% chance to hit you. Yeah. And they always kill you. And you have a 95% chance to hit and you miss by a mile. Every time. Yep. And you, you, all, you also could miss your and hit your own guys. Yeah. <laughs> I've done tough. that before. Nice. All right. <laughs> But uh, why don't we move on to our last series of games here done by Papa Scotch. Oh, please. Yeah, I, I picked one game, and then I realized that the previous two installments were like three lines of story. So I said, screw it. Let's do the entire Duke Nukem trilogy. What? I'm so excited. <laughs> I, it's 
don't be, because there's <laughs> not much to these. The first Duke Nukem released July 1st, 1991, developed and published by Apogee Software. Mm-hmm. Number one song? You're not going to get this. Rush Rush by Paula Abdul. Oh. oh. I would have guessed that. Never in a million years. <laughs> what oh, yeah. I, I bet you I guessed the movie. Everyone knows what the movie is, but why don't you tell us? Terminator 2 Judgment Day. <laughs> You're goddamn right. Terminator 2 Judgment Day. <laughs> Big summer blockbuster 91 had to be Terminator 2. Mm. But did you know July 1st, 1863 was the first day's fighting of Gettysburg in yes, the Civil we War? we did know that. I didn't know that. It was more of a, you know, rhetorical did you know. <laughs> we both answered anyway. Well, nobody knew that, so thank you. So the game takes place in the far-off, distant future of 1997. <laughs> <laughs> There's this guy, by the, it does not matter because he does not come back in the sequel. Dr. Photon is a madman who wants to take over the world with his tech bots. Ah, uh, makes sense. Duke Nukem is like, nope, we're done with this. So you fight through a devastated Los Angeles. You fight on a secret moon base. And at the end of the game... Dr. Photon escapes into the future. So Duke Nukem follows him through time to try and stop him. 1997? Wow. So six years into the future when the game was released. That's it. That's the whole story for Duke Nukem 1. That's fair. There's not much to it. But what's very strange is that Duke Nukem 2 doesn't continue that story when clearly leaving it in a cliffhanger. That doesn't make any sense. It does not. about Duke Nukem-y. It's Duke Nukem, though. <laughs> but Duke Nukem 2 released, you won't believe this shit, December 3rd, 1993. Mm. Oh, my God. A week before Doom. Yeah. And uh, the number ones were both the same. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to, like, call a quick audible and change it. I uh, the Meatloaf, as you said, I would do anything for love, was number one. Do you know what the number two song of the country was? No idea. You're not going to get it. It's Again by Janet Jackson. Oh. Janet Jackson. And while Miss Doubtfire was the number one movie at the time, the one the week before, Adam's Family Values. Get the fuck out. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe that came out in 93. Yeah, I know, right? That's crazy. I watched it like sometime during quarantine. It holds up. I'm telling you. Does it? Still good. I, for some reason, don't believe you. I don't believe him at all. Well, fucking prove me wrong. Go watch it. I dare you. All right. We'll do it. Not going to do it. Is that a 93 joke? (laughs) Yeah, it was. (laughs) Well played, sir. Well played. Uh, It takes place in the far-off future of 1998 this time. Oh. And then there's no mention whatsoever of Dr. Photon. We just start with the evil Rigelitans, aliens, (laughs) planning to enslave Earth. Mm, Rigelitans. Rigelitans? Whatever. Rigeltons. Who cares? Yeah. They kidnapped <laughs> from Duke Rigel. Yeah. to use his brain to plot their attack because he's such a great combat guy. Mm. He breaks free, murders all the aliens. That's Duke Nukem. Game too. over. <laughs> yep. So that, that's it. So that's why I figured this is the game I really wanted to do. Duke Nukem 3D. Oh. What makes it 3D? Yeah. It, I don't know. Nothing. It's just the That's third just one. Three, they added yeah. a D at the end. Uh, marketing, I guess, is mm-hmm. what they did. But the uh, other first two were so short, I just threw them in there. This game, Duke Nukem 3D, released January 29th, 
1996. And this is the game everyone thinks about when they think of classic Duke Nukem because the other two were side scrollers. This is a oh, first really? person shooter. Yeah. That's why it's 3D. I got you. And uh, on this day in history, 1995, January 29th, 1995, the 49ers became the first team to win five Super Bowl titles. Get the hell out. Yeah, there was not a lot going on, I guess, historically in January 29th. But, you know, hmm. who gives a shit? So it was developed <laughs> by 3D Realms, published by Form Gen. The number one song, this is a banger, One Sweet Day by Mariah Carey and Boys to Men. Wow. Don't know it. I don't remember <laughs> them collabing, but it was the number one song. Sure. Number one movie, you're never going to guess, Mr. Holland's Opus. Never. No, I would have ne- no. <laughs> completely right. forgot that was a movie. <laughs> oh, God. Who was the guy that starred in that? Don't care. Duke Nukem. <laughs> Duke Nukem starred. No, it wasn't Richard Gere. Dreyfus. Yeah, I- Dreyfus. That's it. Richard Dreyfus. Good job. Look at you knowing you're Mr. Holland's Opus. <laughs> <laughs> I pretend I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't his son deaf and he was a composer? So, you know, I don't know. Whatever. It was released on MS-DOS, obviously. It takes place sometime in the early 21st century on Earth. Okay. So, again, the far-off future of a couple years later. But this one decides to change it up, and it does pick up right after the events of Duke Nukem 2. Mm. Duke's returning back to Earth on his space cruiser, and he plans to land in Los Angeles and just take a fucking vacation. You take it easy. He deserves it. He saved the world twice. Yeah. He so, he says. Oh, so he says. So he says. He finds out that, uh, you know, things aren't so great at Earth because his ship is immediately shot down by an unknown hostile force. Turns out the aliens have mutated the LAPD and are attacking Los Angeles. Oof. So he ejects out of his ship and gets to work killing all of them. Uh, this is actually told in a three-episode structure. There was also additional episode that was released later. Just like Doom, man. Yeah, but it was very, like, it was very dumb. I'm not even going to get into it. <laughs> it, it just, like, because this game ends in Los Angeles, and then the the episode four takes you all around the world fighting in different locales, and then you end up back in Los Angeles anyway. You land you're in the same place. Stupid. So, yeah, there's episode four. Just like you're James welcome. and his giant peach. <laughs> is it? I don't remember. I don't, I don't know either. either. <laughs> I don't think that made any sense. But I thought it was just funny to say. Fair enough. Episode one called L.A. Meltdown. You fight in a movie theater, the red light district, a prison, and a nuclear waste disposal facility. Uh, you're fighting your way through another blown out version of L.A. You get captured by the pig cops, like cops that are anthropomorphized into pigs, literally. Mm. And then... Oh, that's also at a titty bar, obviously. You escape their jail. Classic Newcomb. <laughs> this is where you find out the major disgusting plot point. The aliens are kidnapping all the babes. Oh, man. All of them? All the babes, not all the women. Yeah, just, the, just babes. the babes. Just the babes. Man, that ruins it for me. <laughs> <laughs> so Duke finds... The alien cruiser that invaded Earth originally at the San Andreas Fault, and he blows the shit out of it. That's pretty much the whole first episode, episode of L.A. Meltdown. Episode two called Lunar Apocalypse. So you head to the lunar base. You're Again, you're in space. Like the Duke Nukem games, a lot of it's in space. Mm-hmm. Uh, you head there. You find all these space women stuck in incubators. Are they babes? 
It's all, all the babes, yeah. The, yes, all the babes are basically kidnapped. They're, they're being kidnapped by the aliens for nefarious, I guess they're saying, breeding purposes. You think? Is this written by the same incels that did Larry Shoes Larry? <laughs> well, it's strange you asked that because, yeah, no. <laughs> so he finds the mothership. He kills all the alien overlords. And then he finds out that this was all a ruse. <gasps> Get the fuck. They're not actually kidnapping all the babes. They just did that to distract Duke because they know him so well. Oh, and it Duke. Worked. Fucking Felt hook, classic. line, and sinker. Duke. The, he, they know his weakness, and it's babes. Yeah, whose isn't, right? <laughs> That's Jesus. <laughs> Whatever, Mr. Belly Shirt. So the aliens have already begun their full-on attack on all over Earth. That was the distraction. Uh, and then in episode three, called Shrapnel City, you're back in Los Angeles again. You're fighting in a sushi bar, a movie set, a subway, and a hotel. Sushi bar, nice. You're just shooting your way through all these. You end up killing the leader of the cyclo- the leader, the cycloid emperor. So then, famously, the game ends with Duke promising after some R and R, he'll be ready for some more action. We just right into Duke Nukem Four. Forty. Well, now that would be Duke Nukem Forever, if we remember that saga. Uh, Who could remember it all? I just remember the babes. I actually played this game growing up, and I was maybe, I don't know, 12, 13. Oh, so so you were right. Yeah, you were the... I'm the target audience for this game, yes. Yes, and I still don't have that fond memories of it. I just thought it was ridiculous. Like You could go up to the ladies who were dancing in the strip club and like throw dollars at them. And they just say, oh, thanks, and they just keep dancing. Because strippers love that. They like when you throw coins at them. What is it, Sandy's? Make- oh. Who's the comedian that says that's making it hail? Throwing <laughs> <laughs> a bunch of coins. Uh, that makes sense. But anyway, so there was also an Atomic Edition that came out in 1996. That was the thing that continued it to episode four. Uh, but if you want more information on that than I gave you about fighting around the world, I don't know. You have better things to do with your life. Consult your local library. Fighting around <laughs> the world. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally, the sequel, Duke Nukem Forever, came out for like, what, PlayStation 3? And it was bad. Yeah, might have been yeah, 4. I heard. I didn't look at it. I know Papa Scotch picked up poop and threw it against the wall or something. <laughs> really? That was in there? No, you're thinking of the Rick and Morty game. No, I'm thinking about Duke Nukem. Oh, really? I don't remember that. Maybe there's a trophy for some kind of scatological play. Definitely Rick and Morty. You had to eat the poop until yeah, you, th- you threw up, right. and then you get a trophy. Obviously. Maybe there wasn't a trophy involved, but I don't know. Anyway. You, did you guys You guys never played Duke Nukem? Nope. No. Nah, you're probably better off. Yeah, probably. I believe so. I don't want to be scared of all the babes going to the moon. I remember when it came out, it looked a lot better than Doom 2. Yeah. So everyone was very excited about because it, it was a first-person shooter that looked a lot better. Oh, but... this is when graphics went like through the roof. Like every game was just better than the last. Yeah, absolutely. Every year there'd be a game that looked a billion times better than the previous one. Yeah, except it got slightly worse. Yeah, <laughs> story-wise, everything else got worse. But the graphics, buddy, you can't argue with that. Mm-hmm. So that's it, man. We got through a lot of games today from MS DOS. Yeah, and uh, we don't have any. Really, final thoughts. So, why don't we just go ahead and move into our favorite segment of every week, Doctor Scientist Classic Wrestling Finisher. 
Oh my god, is that a figure four? No, it's a camel clutch. What? Ding, ding. Referee. Every week. We asked Dr. Scientist for a 100% guaranteed wrestling finisher, and he never disappoints us. I don't even think he can. This week, Dr. Scientist, what do you got for us? We got a wrestling move that is currently illegal in seven states. Whoa. Shit. Should we even be telling people about this? If you're in those 43 states, you can keep on listening. What is this, like Delta 9 THC? (laughs) (laughs) No, it's the ever popular move by Stone Cold Steve Austin, the Stone Cold Stunner. Oh, classic. Dude, don't do it in a street fight. Mm, No, it might be illegal in your state. Yeah. You don't know. know It's got to be illegal because kids did it to each other, right? Yeah. Like who brought this law? The people were stupid. The Who passed that law? I have no idea. I'm just reading from the pro wrestling website. All right, fair enough. I didn't check their source. Can wrestlers do it in those states? Probably not. <laughs> but who goes to those states anyway? It's not going to be a good state. Know. All right, fair enough. But let's tell you how to do it if you don't know already. First, you kick the guy in the stomach. Of course. And then he bends over. And then, according to the pro wrestling wiki, the attacking wrestler applies a three-quarter face lock which is reaching the back of the opponent's head and pulling his jaw above your shoulder. Yep. And then fall to a seated position, forcing the opponent's jaw to drop down on their shoulder. I think that hurt my ass. Yes, but it looks like it hurts other people more. Yeah, I'm sure that does hurt a lot. I'm sure it's been done in street fights before, too. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. It seems like an easy one to pull off. Yeah, and I'm sure some idiot was drunk and like, hey. Yeah, some guy... Bit his tongue off or something. Yeah. But that's it. I mean, you could probably snap someone's neck if you do it. Yeah, probably. true. Or, like, it, I mean, their teeth probably hit, too, if you oh. probably fuck up a bunch of teeth. Oh, oh yeah. Dude, I remember this being very popular. Like, me knowing nothing about wrestling saw people do it. Not saw people doing it, but, like, you know how people are fucking around, like, oh, but I get my yeah. yeah. And they, like, try to grab your head from the back. Yep. Yeah. So that's it. This week's is a Stone Cold Stunner. Classic. Absolutely classic. Bled into pop culture pretty hard. Mm-hmm. Speaking of pop culture, that's going to bring us to our favorite segment of every week, which is Sir Chump Slaps. Would you rather? What? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> every week, we ask Sir Chump Slap a amazing would you rather question, and he has to answer it and explain himself. This week, we got a little bit different. We got three options for you. What? Going crazy. Now, remember, you must pick one of these. Oh, great. Sounds great. Would you rather be the president, the pope, or whoever is in charge of North Korea? Man, I'm glad you didn't ask me. I got this one right off the bat. See, that's what I thought, too. But I don't want to be the president. These are a lot of work. Me neither. I'll take North Korea. Not what I would have picked, but... Wow, they got nukes, right? Do you know how awesome it would be to be the Pope and just change all of Christianity? Oh, you're right. Pope's infallible, remember? No, because... Remember when the Pope said it's all right to be gay and everyone's like, no, no, no. Well, that's because he was from South America. If you're from North America, they're not gonna, they're going to listen to you. Oh, I am a white Pope. You're right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll take the Pope. <laughs> I don't know how to speak Latin. Yeah. Oh, I'm a, I'm a white Pope, yeah. Yeah, I'll take the Pope. <laughs> I think it'd be fun to run North Korea, too. It'd be nice just to get rid of all the pedophiles, if you could. The Pope? Yeah. 
or the North Koreans. Oh, weird. Oh, sorry, yeah, North Korea. No, we're gonna get a lot of letters from North Korea about that one. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, I mean, I think Pope's the answer. I think these are all a lot of work. I think the Pope's. A I don't lot think less the Pope work. does shit. I mean, he has to do masses. He has and to shit, work one time he? a week. Well, I'm sure he does like a mass every day. Oh, maybe. But he's got cardinals around him that could do it. I couldn't stand the hypocrisy of doing a mass, knowing what I believe. You know what I mean? I'm a Satanist over here. <laughs> in, in, in six months, the Catholic Church will be referring to the Church of Chump Slap. The Church is Chump. The Chump Church. The Chump Church? <laughs> Come give me your money, chumps. <laughs> then you get a slap. That's how it works. <laughs> and you don't call it the donation. You call it Chump Change. Chump Change. And you get the holy slap of Chump. That's... Yeah, instead of going up for Eucharist, you yep. go up and get slapped. <laughs> you just get jump slapped. Dude, that saves so much money. The slap a chump. <laughs> Imagine how much, I wonder how much the Catholic Church spends on those fake little fucking wafers. Things. Yeah. I don't know. They're probably expensive because they're probably like someone's milking that. Yeah. And it's just cardboard. Yeah. Do you think they're like competing wafer making companies? Probably not. There's probably one that has a contract and yeah. serves them all. It's like probably like the government. They got a contract yeah. and they're charging way too much for them. And it's not like the church is spending their own money. Yeah. I'd make Neapolitan flavored wafers. <laughs> Your ver- you could pick one of five Oreos. Yeah. <laughs> Body of Christ. The Body of Chump. <laughs> and uh, in- for this mess, as always, regular Oreos to the right, <laughs> peanut butter pie ones on the left. <laughs> and Neapolitan all the way in the middle. And yeah. then flavor of the month is uh, second from the right. <laughs> Banana it is... or strawberry milk. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think I could get on board with that. <laughs> now, uh, now that we're going over it. I mean, you got to make a contract to the Oreo people. Oh, hell yeah. They'd have to change their packaging up. <laughs> they have I little mean, crosses on all yeah. the Oreos. <laughs> they'd get their piece. Yeah. They'd get their piece of the Oreo pie. Oh, yeah. They're making so Oh, much. Oreo pie. Oh, now that's what we do for Easter. That's, that's <laughs> thing. Ham and Oreo pie. Sounds good. <laughs> they're, they're, Catholicism changed a lot when uh, Pope Chumpslap took over. <laughs> Pope, Pope Chumpslap the first. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> there might be others. <laughs> oh, that'd be fetch. Yeah, I, I uh, yeah, changed my mind. I want to be Pope. I'm, that's I'm the Pope. that's the right answer. <laughs> I thought it was an easy choice, actually. <laughs> All right. Well, let's say uh, someone had a lot of great other ideas of how you could be the, uh, for I don't know, for the Church of Chump and what their kind of rituals and rites and, I don't know, even garb. We didn't even get into garb. Jenkos. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Christ. Where would they send that email to? Church Chump Slap. Send it to plottytime at gmail.com and I will read and respond to all of you. Perfect. And if they want to get to us faster on the socials with pictures of the ch- official Church of Chump Slap Genkos, where would they send those to, Dr. <laughs> at, at Plotty Time on Instagram, Twitter, or come visit us on Club Penguin. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Uh, you can also go to YouTube, like and subscribe there. It really helps us out. Like and subscribe, rate, review everywhere. Yeah, do something. That'd be dope. Do something. Or buy shit at PlottyTime.com. Every week, do something for us. <laughs> yeah. That'd be really cool of you. We would think you're really cool, and you would be first in line to join the Church of Chump if we ever get that up. Hell yeah, man. All right, let's do a list of our patrons right now. Custom. All right. Jacobs. <laughs> that does it for us. We're done. We're done. <laughs> so fucking get out there, play some video games. Don't trust Dr. Scientist. We'll talk to you next time. Peace. Peace. <laughs>